Hi, I'm Carl Fielder, and this is not another empty suit. So, David, good morning. Thank good you morning. so much for agreeing to come and have a chat. Um, I'd like to talk to you about what Dulsco is doing and obviously about your sustainability journey with the company. Sure. But tell me a little bit more about how you personally got involved with sustainability. What's been your journey so far? No, if I'm really honest, uh, sustainability was, was something that was happening around me uh, until I really joined Dulsco. Um, I think my visit um, to the UK to see my first waste to energy plant really drove home what the world is doing with its waste, or potentially should be doing with its waste. Uh, when I saw just how much came out of West London in a day, and what was actually happening to it, and I thought, my God, in my 49 years at that time, uh, I've been walking on this, or I've been playing golf on this, um, because mm -hmm. landfills was, was the norm as I was growing up. Um, we'd always try to do our piece when we lived in the UK, um, by recycling when we came to Dubai, in 2013 we had a two-bin system um, so we were very regimented in doing it but it wasn't until I saw that uh, when I went to the UK on a visit uh, that it actually really hit me. So do you think the UAE is catching up with Europe and the Western world? I think it's slowly getting there. I think there's a lot of drive to be able to um, to be able to move to a more sustainable lifestyle. I think with Expo 2020 that's going to be a real catalyst for people. The biggest challenge we seem to be up against is actually belief what actually happens with the products that are being segregated and recycled. Um, there is still a misconception that it just all goes to landfill. Um, I certainly know from our perspective it's not, and trying to drive that message of recycling, diversion, reusing, upcycling is a constant, constant message we're trying to push. So tell me a bit about Dulsco. Um, everybody sort of have seen a Dulsco truck running around Dubai, but company's a little bit older than that, isn't it? It is. Um, the company is actually in its 86th year. I mean, um, I'm wow. not 86, as obviously you can see, or maybe I do look like that this morning. <laughs> um, it's been a hard paper round. Um, it is 86 years old. It's uh, an Emirati homegrown company. Um, we have began in 1935 on the banks of the creek uh, when our um, founder, if you like, um, actually started unloading a DAO with some able-bodied friends and from there the business grew into stevedoring, uh, which it still does today uh, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Um, about 20 years ago it moved into waste management, which at the time was very much waste transportation, moving it from A to B, and has really evolved since then into three pillars, um, one being human capital. Um, I like to call it the power of invisible, you know, with over 14,000 staff. There's a lot of activities that go on, but you don't see because they're not in a Dulsco uniform. What you do see is the Dulsco buses transporting them, or as you said, the Dulsco truck moving mm. the waste around. Um, we have a, a white collar uh, out, outsourcing business, uh, as well as uh, a recruitment business, and our waste management business, uh, which has really evolved from transportation now to slop and sludge um, facility which will be opening in Jebel Ali. Um, today our new MRF facility is uh, being unloaded from the containers from Northern Ireland and that will be commissioned by the end of March. So we'll really have a very large recycling facility um, which is much bigger, much quicker um, than our facility that's currently in Al Quds. So as you said, a lot of people in Dubai think, although we have segregation in all the supermarkets and you have aluminium, plastic and paper segregated, at the refuse collection stage, most people think that all just gets consolidated and then dumped somewhere. What does happen to it? So depending on the fraction, um, I think the key is you know, having a clean fraction. So we, we, we operate a dry mixed 
recyclables facility. So we segregate at source. So where we can split or the, the public split that um, product into recycled fractions, we then take that uh, multi-stages further. So your paper um, gets segregated into paper. There's white paper, there's coloured paper, and that is a commodity. It's a valuable commodity. Um, some of the mixed paper, we're actually building a paper pulp facility which will be finished by the end of April, which will turn back into um, products to be able to use in the medical, the egg trade and the F&B trade. So you really are using a full circular economy of, of, of waste paper. The card gets traded and gets then turned back into new card, um, used in um, packaging industries, etc., in different parts of the world. The glass, um, we turn that... Uh, with partners, we turn that back into upcycled products, which are used in hotels, in cafes, etc. Um, and the tin cans, they go back through an aluminium um, process to turn them back into cans again. There's a great deal of work being done by the major brands now in terms of utilising recycled plastic back into the products. And we're really excited about that because it's a commodity that's actually far more um, expensive to do than the virgin plastic. But the big brands are really committed to doing this because they, they want to be, not just seen to be, but actively doing it. But because I have a bunch of people watching this who are interested in the detail of sustainability, how much of that's actually going on here locally in the UAE? And how much of that recycling is involving shipping it all to another country in another part of the world? So um, here, it's the, ch the challenge is getting over to the raw material and the quantity of the raw material that's actually needed. Um, I'm quite pleased with what we're seeing from the big brands that are trying to do it here. Um, the granulation of the product here is in its infancy, but it's starting now to pick up some speed because as we're able to segregate more and the public's picking up on the practices of segregation, you then create a higher volume which allows you then to clean, sterilise, granulate and then have that ready for, for a third party producer to make it back into a top of a bottle so you're starting that percentile. The ultimate aim is to be able to take the whole product and make it out of recycling but you're into aesthetics, you're into brand, you're into colour and obviously from a safety point of view as well. And you're very involved Dolsco with uh, Expo 2020, um, how's the waste going to be handled there? So we're really really excited about Expo, I think it's a great catalyst for, for, for the UAE uh, and in particular to drive the sustainable message, obviously it's one of the key pillars, one of the key themes. Um, the operation is going to be um, highly complex because it's at night. Park operations during the day, there'll be no um, waste vehicles moving around as there won't be any delivery vehicles because we'll have an awful lot of guests uh, walking. Um, I drove through the park last week on way to meetings and it's absolutely amazing just what has been completed. And if you've not seen the social media from the visit that happened last week, it is quite incredible. So <clears throat> there's an awful lot of work to do. I mean, effectively, it's a three-stream um, setup with organic waste, recycling and general waste. Um, split um, 48, if I get my maths right, 39 and 13. Um, there's uh, a central waste facility where we'll effectively bring a lot of things together. We're going to have uh, an RDF uh, facility in there to take the organic uh, matters. Uh, we're going to take out the uh, recycling, put it through the MRF, uh, begin that whole process of segregation, um, upcycling, recycling, etc. And hopefully we'll be left with um, very, very little residual general waste, which then will go to landfill. Or between now and Expo, maybe there'll be a technology we can pick up that will uh, improve that 85% diversion um, even further. That sounds really exciting. I mean, I'm looking forward to Expo myself. Um, 
Of course, the big challenge is what the public perception is of sustainability, not just recycling and not just waste handling, but actually driving down our carbon footprint. Uh, there's been a lot in the press and a lot in the general media about the need to stay within one and a half degrees and the fact that companies are now increasingly committing themselves to a net zero goal. Do you see Dolsco committing to a net zero goal any time in the future? I think it's, it's you know, the challenge that every business has is, is size and scale. Um, we transport a lot of people around and we can do everything that we can to be able to facilitate that. Um, our accommodation sites, you know, we've already moved to LED lighting, we've looked to, to be able to reduce our carbon footprint. It's not a journey we can do instantaneously. It's something that we want to work with partners and suppliers to be able to help us to be able to achieve that. Um, setting that goal is, is a goal. The goal could be 50 years long. Um, mm. Action needs orientation and it needs to happen as quickly as possible. I think, you know, with working with the likes of, of you and working with, with others, we're doing a lot more than I think a lot of people are trying to do. But our goal has to be able to, to make sure that we have a, a business that's sustainable, both financially and environmentally. Um, the two have to come together and the two have to work together to be able to achieve it. What do you make of uh, the social movement that's going on at the moment, led, maybe led by Greta Thunberg and her claims that the house is on fire and we need to stop doing what we're doing immediately and immediately change direction? Look, I think there's, raising the profile of sustainability is great in, in whatever medium. I think there's a, there's a balance to be had in terms of people creating um, you know, potential concerns and threats and worries. Um, that doesn't override what people are actually doing because I think if we stop everything immediately, we could have a bigger problem. People stop tra traveling, people stop flying. There's a whole commercial entity that makes the world tick, whether that's produce moving around. And I think we need to be mindful of that. There has to be a balance, and the balance has to be struck and understood. There's been a lot of activity over many, many years of, 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 of a movement. I think the movement has gone from, you know, sort of almost um, materialistic and, and driving it and shouting for the rooftops to a quiet, sustained movement that actually brings about change through positive reinforcement rather than negative reinforcement. I think what she's doing, she's doing a fantastic job of highlighting it to a younger generation as well, and those are the catalysts that will drive that change onwards and upwards. Do you think we need uh, different government policies here in order to fully support the, the needs to get to less than one and a half degrees temperature rise? No, I think we've got, you know, we've got um, the Vision 2021, um, that's, that, that's helping. Um, I think the, the, the style and approach of what is put in policy and its adoption by businesses, by individuals, remains a challenge because there has to be a belief in what it's for. Um, I think there's, you know, there's the carrot and the stick. Um, we haven't yet got to the stick. Um, I think the stick is going to have to come to be able to help drive change. Um, I hope that when landfill fees comes in, it really does force people to actually make a difference and make a change. Um, I love you know, the, the, the natural uh, environment of the desert. I think it's phenomenal. I detest what people do when they leave their, their rubbish. And I'm like you, when we go out to the desert, we take three bin liners, obviously um, biodegradable bin liners, and we pick up as much as we can. We're just a very, very small footprint. And mm. I think it's very sad that there is not enough um, you know, stick to stop people from doing that. You can't police the thing the whole time. And when I say police, I don't mean the physical mm, police, mm. but you can't actually um, see 
what is actually going on, and that's wrong. And we need to change that mindset. When you look into the future, how do you think it's going to go for our kids and their kids? Um, certainly mine are more aware than I ever was about the environment and about sustainability. Um, I was delighted at you know, our daughter's school last week when they're actually introducing um, a new part of the curriculum, um, I think based on what Italy has been doing as part of the IB um, focus on um, environment and sustainability. I think that's absolutely tremendous. Um, if I look back now on you know, when I started, when I was going through school and leaving school, if I'd have had something like that, what I know now, I'd have taken it. Uh, I think that it, is, it has been a generational change. There are you know, people of different age groups that have always been very have committed to the environment and committed to, to a green and sustainable lifestyle. But I think the youth are doing even more. They're looking at apparel of what they're, you know, what they're wearing. They're looking at how they consume food, the, the whole waste. And people talk about, you know, what do we do with the waste? Well, the first thing to do is not to create it in the first place. Mm, mm. And I think that's a big challenge um, of, uh, of, of a generation that's perhaps the one below us, but the one above the children. And the children are far more aware, they're far more aware of excess than I think we ever were. Is there anything that you hope for, anything that you dream of when it comes to sustainability? What would you, if I gave you a magic wand, what would you want? Look, I think, you know, sustainability goes beyond what I think per people's perception is, which is, you know, how do we, how do we recycle and what do we do with, with products? For me, I think everybody should have the ability to get to clean water. I think, you know, the goal of giving everybody a chance to actually live sustainably through what is a natural resource in you know, most of the world, but challenged in other parts of the world. To be able to have uh, you know, a lifestyle that allows them to live sustainably through water, through food. And I think if we could help with that around the planet, then I think we'd have a planet that we could live with rather than fight against. Um, and that seems to be, for me, one of the biggest challenges. Excellent. David, thank you very much for your time. Really Thanks, good Carl. to chat with thank you. Thank you. Thank you.